0: Welcome. My name is Juanita Headley. I am a attorney and the founder and CEO of Changing Cases. You are listening to a set of discussions dealing with the issues of human trafficking, child abuse, and of course Can you keep a secret keep a knowing how to respond to the question Secret, oh, keep a secret. Can you? For following weeks and months, I'm going to take a look at some hard-hitting topics with a view to educate, empower, and inspire you to change the way that you think, act, and respond to better safeguard the children in your world. Stay tuned until the end of this show, where I'll be sharing with you how you can get a copy of my new book, and about some upcoming live Zoom trainings, and how you can have your questions featured in a future episode of this show. We can be stronger so we can talk about it. Yeah, we can talk about it. Yeah, so we can talk about it. Talk about it. Yeah, let's talk about it. Yeah, I feel lonely deep inside. Let's talk about the movie Caged No More. This is a movie that can be viewed and found on Pure Flix, which is a Canadian and American platform similar to Netflix, but one of the vast differences is that all the movies either are directly Christian, have Christian themes, or there is the emission of sex, violence, and inappropriate language. Now, I've been watching Pure Flix on the Wheat Trial and going through various different movies that are uplifting, inspiring, encouraging. Many are fiction, but there are a number that are factual. And so I stumbled upon a movie called Cage No More. And despite the title, I had no idea what it was about. And so I had a look at the trailer and discovered it was about human trafficking. Because of my passion and interest in fighting human trafficking, I of course watched it. And what I found fascinating about the movie is that the reality that I saw in it was very different from the reality that often happens to victims and survivors. And what I mean by that is this movie had a happy ending. But those of us in the anti-trafficking world, we know that is very unrealistic. And in fact, when it comes to human trafficking and sex slavery, the vast majority of victims and survivors do not end up being rescued. They may die at the hands of their pimp, at the hands of the customer, overdose, drugs, addiction, suicide. And so it was really wonderful that this movie ended in such a way that it doesn't depict the true reality. And the fact of the matter is, modern-day slavery still exists. It exists in a different way in the sense where, irrespective of your color, creed, ethnicity, language, financial status, social economic status, religion, irrespective of any of these things, you are susceptible and at risk of being exploited and trafficked. It doesn't even matter what your gender is, male or female, because of course, we know that this is an industry, it is a business. When you're male, you're at risk of being exploited when it comes to labor, construction. What about when you are a small child? You could be exploited in the coal mines in India or in the fishing community in Ghana. When you're female, domestic servitude, and of course, we know about sex trafficking. In this movie, what? saddened me and disturbed me, even though it is a reality at times, is that the two girls who were trafficked and taken to Greece were bought there by their biological father. So can you imagine these girls were bought to Greece by their parent caregiver? And so when we think about the reality that that isn't just fiction, that is fact for many victims of trafficking, that leads us to be concerned as to who exactly can we trust? that's a big question, isn't it? Because think about it. When that's somebody who should be looking after you, meeting your needs, safety, security, but instead of doing that, they are right there at the front exploiting you. That is a concern. And so what I appreciate about the movie, despite the way that it ends with a happy ending, it depicts something that many of us haven't thought about. Many people believe that trafficking involves being kidnapped that somebody takes you out of your bed, out of your home or off the street, and then puts you in a van with a bag over your head or blindfold and takes you off to another country. This is actually where a father takes his daughter. His daughter goes consensually. The first daughter believes that she is traveling to Greece for an education. The second believes that she's going to go and visit. And the father went so far as to even actually get an email account set it up and send fake emails under the guise of it being his daughter emailing her godmother and sister. This is a multi-billion dollar industry, it is a criminal industry, it is a business. In fact, many of these traffickers believe that they are businessmen and businesswomen who are providing a service. Now the second girl, when she ends up being taken to Greece and is part of this auction, the cost that these men were willing to pay for her was astronomical. 20,000 euros I was blown away and the reality is that when it comes to a human being being sold in the sex industry they can be sold over and over again and it's a very lucrative industry because the amount of money you can make on a person's body think about it some of these women and girls who are victimized they are under the influence of drugs or alcohol so they're very docile they get drugged up so that they're just there to be used by these so-called customers and in this story, we see a young guy, a young Greek guy, trying to rescue daughter number one. And he's unsuccessful. And they say that, in fact, she's dead. Now, when I heard that, I had a feeling that's not true. There are times when she's no longer useful and she'll be murdered. There are other times when she'll be sold on. Her value has decreased, but she'll be sold on to someone else. And as the movie rightly says, these individuals become slaves. It is hard for us to wrap our heads around it. Even when we go outside and we see individuals who are in impoverished situations, whether that is an individual who may be begging or living in a community that is unsafe, in unstable housing, a person who is working illegally because that's the only way for them to be able to support themselves. Each of these people in their own way are vulnerable. They're vulnerable to being taken advantage of. They're vulnerable to being exploited. And that's what it all comes down to. These two girls, can you believe, are vulnerable because they trusted their father. That's kind of ridiculous, but that's the reality. They trusted their father, they had no reservations about getting on a flight with him, believing that they would be going to the UK. However, and I'm not victim blaming here, but I find it fascinating that when the daughter gets onto the flight, which we do not see, the, the second daughter at least, and it says, grief, did she not have questions? How was her father able to convince her? We know that people who are involved in the criminal industry are often very charismatic and very good liars. So I'm definitely not blaming, but I'm thinking about the alarm bells. In fact, quite recently I heard a story about some children who were at a human trafficking presentation at their school. And as a result of being educated on this, When one of their friends said to them that they're going to go for a job interview, they'd been twice previously with their father, but on the third occasion they were told to come by themselves after hours and not to tell anybody about the interview. These two students who had been in the human trafficking class said to their friend, do not go, this is how people get trafficked. That's an amazing success story, knowledge is power. Think about it, if this child had followed the advice and direction of the so-called interviewer, they would have most likely be trafficked and never seen again, or at least exploited sexually on that occasion, maybe blackmailed with photographs or put in compromising positions. But the fact is is that that child broke rule number one. They did not keep secrets from their friends. And their friends paid attention, heard information, had the knowledge, and were able to relay that information to their friends and able to protect them from what could have been a situation that would have ended up very negatively with exploitation, trafficking, slavery in any form or worst case scenario even them losing their lives. What a lot of people don't realize is that when it comes to human trafficking it doesn't have a certain look and that's the reality. If these two girls in a movie can be taken willingly to Greece what more when it is a job opportunity you believe that you've been offered a chance to be a model or a nanny you go willingly. And even when we think about smuggling, smuggling is when you go willingly, but then the circumstances change, and that is the point, that it's about the absence of consent. Even if somebody decides to be a prostitute for whatever reason, there is the willingness on their part. But then when all their earnings are taken, when they're brutalized and abused by their pimp who's supposed to be protecting them, when they're not allowed to return home unless they make a certain amount of money, that is when the willingness and the consent changes and then we're seeing the lack of consent. There's actually an organization called A21 and the founder Christine Kane and Nick Kane from Australia, there, both husband and wife, devout Christians, were in Greece, I believe, for vacation. And in the airport, Christine Kane sees a poster that actually shows missing girls. And when she sees these posters, something just doesn't add up and then the Lord touches her because one of these missing girls has the same name as her daughter I believe the name was Sophie has the same name as her daughter she was moved and she was moved into action that's the way the Lord moves you see he will plant a seed in us whether that is that you see a similarity physically you see the similarity of name there's something that the Lord will do, that little master to get your attention, to get you to where he needs you to be. Yes, you're in an airport looking at posters, but God has other plans, and the plans that he had was for Christine and Nick Kane to set up an organization, A21. And this organization has moved beyond their original foundation in Greece, and they are now also in the UK, the US, and other parts of the world, Greece, Germany and many other parts of Europe, there is a huge increase in trafficking, a huge increase in girls being sold on the black market. When we consider the legalization of prostitution and thinking that's going to solve problems, we're failing to accept and realize that it's all about supply and demand and that the demand is often for what is available on the black market. When something is available to us, we often take it for granted when it's no longer available or not available, there is this lure towards it. there is this drive, this desire. And I say that because when it comes to human trafficking, primarily they're looking for young girls, they're looking for a virgin, they're looking for young boys, they're looking for the innocent, the naive. And so there's a higher price on that. So even though prostitution may be legal, which I hardly don't agree with, the reality is that once a girl or woman gets to a certain age, she's no longer fresh for the pickings, if I can even say that. And what sometimes and often happens is that these girls age out of the system of prostitution and therefore become pimps themselves. So the victim now becomes a perpetrator. And so we have to consider the dynamics of this. We cannot simply say this is the solution, this is the answer. Because even if we decide to prosecute all the pimps, the difficulty that we have when we prosecute all the pimps, these girls are in brothels, they're, in, they're locked often, secured in a house. When a cage secured in a house, maybe in a room that is padlocked on the outside, that is their means of an income, that is how food is put on their table. So when you arrest, charge, convict, imprison, every single perpetrator of human trafficking, well, where are the girls? Because if they never tell you where the girls are, how would they be rescued? So that isn't the solution. I'm not saying you're not penalize them, I'm saying that you've got to consider if that's the approach you're gonna take, you need to know where these girls are, if not, they will starve to death and die. In addition to that, you've also got to consider these girls and women, they need a the way to make an income, the trauma that they've had psychologically, physically, mentally. The reality is that these girls and women, without getting support, they will end up often in a vicious cycle of being exploited again and again and again. So you haven't really solved their problems. Yes, you've got rid of the major issue of having the pimple trafficker, but you haven't dealt with the challenge of living a life after exploitation after slavery these women become very dependent often on their pimps and traffickers they sometimes believe that this man loves them that's why many a time they will refuse to speak out against their captor sometimes because it's not always the case sometimes these pimps and traffickers will build these women up and then tear them down they will destroy them emotionally physically gang rape them it's called season they'll put them through a process so that these women become pat in their hands, they will not fight back. They will just simply go ahead, go along, acquiesce with every single demand that that pimp and trafficker gives. It's not that easy to leave. When people say, why doesn't she leave? It is not that easy. The fear is what stops them. Even recently, I was dealing with a case and as I was going through the case, the person spoke about freezing. There's flight, fright, and freeze. Flight is when you run away, fright is when you're afraid, and freeze is when you don't do anything. When you have the fright, you can respond and react in so many different ways. And I say flight, fright, and freeze, because fright is a reaction, it's an emotion. It's a response to a situation. When you're fearful, what do you do? Do you respond back to the individual who's causing you harm, attacking you, hurting you? Do you freeze? Do you run away? It is so easy for us to say, why doesn't she leave? Without understanding the dynamics behind it. It is very difficult. And as I've often said, fear is false evidence appearing real. We become frightened of the unknown. Frightened of what will go wrong. What will happen next? What if? It's the what ifs that will stop a woman in domestic violence from walking out of the front door when her husband's at work. It's the what-ifs that will prevent a child from speaking up about being sexually abused. It is the what-ifs about a prostitute on a straight corner simply walking away and never coming back. It's about us as victims, survivors, staying where we're comfortable. Yes, it hurts. Yes, it's painful. Yes, we're being raped every night, physically abused, tortured, sexually abused. We're going through this experience, but we feel, as strange this sounds, we feel safe in the known. As the saying goes better than devil you know, we don't like what we're experiencing, but we know what to expect. We're prepared for it. The unexpected is too much for us to even contend. And that is why so many people end up staying in situations for years before they're ever able to get the courage to leave. That courage, it starts on the inside. The courage doesn't exist in a jar. You can't go out and buy some courage to leave. It is very difficult. And think about it even more so, if it's somebody close to you. Not somebody who's built you up and torn you down like a pimple trafficker and even then, you don't wanna leave because you become attached. That has been your source of provision, accommodation, even finances. But what about when it is a biological family member? What about when it's your caregiver? Think about if you're in the foster care system and your foster parents are pimping you out you're in a shelter an orphanage. This may sound far-fetched, but I know of cases in the US where children in foster care are being trafficked. I know of a case in India where children in a shelter were being trafficked. And even if we go back and think about the story of Rabbi Zacharias, the late Rabbi Zacharias, who was taking advantage of his masseuse, the women who give him massages, sexually exploiting them, abusing them, under the guise of this is what God wants us to do. And so what we're seeing is that there is a theme where all of these individuals are taking advantage of another. Many a time it's because they have either identified that person's vulnerability or they have created a vulnerability. In fact we have heard of cases where in parts of South America men will marry women for the purpose of prostituting them. So even though that is a spousal relationship, husband and wife, the husband's a pimp. And what about when children are involved, when they get married and have children? How easy will it be for that woman to leave this life of prostitution, which is trafficking, when she is married and those are her children? We know in the Bible that the enemy is the father of lies, and deception is no joke. Deception is very real, and, and it comes often encased in a bit of truth. It it comes intertwined with the truth, and those are often the most effective lies. Because when you're married, you would never think, well, he married me to prostitute me. That definitely wouldn't come into your brain because you're thinking, we made marriage vows, especially when you consider that South America is a primarily Catholic country. It's, It's a religious country. So you would not be thinking, first off the bat, my husband wants to pimp me out. I mean, think about it, when you get into a relationship Do you even think that? And that's what's really sad about it. So few people truly understand the workings of human trafficking and exploitation. They assume it's kidnapping. They fail to realize and accept that it's willingness and consent that is misused and abused, where by the end of it, the person is no longer willing and has not consented to what goes on. And that's the thing. We have to be wiser circles and genders as dove, no matter our gender, because even if you're male, You may not be susceptible to sex trafficking, depending where you are. However, construction, if you're in India, coal mines, if you're in Ghana, the fishing community. And I'm referring to children, male children, because of their size. What about in the Middle East, if you're a male and a child? Then you will go to these parties where they'll dress you up as a girl, drink alcohol, eat food, talk, and then at the end of the night, they'll rape you. What about Pakistan? You're a boy, homeless, orphan, maybe you just decide to run away from home, maybe you're not in school, so you spend your time on the street and hang around at bus terminals and as a result of where you hang around, you get raped by the bus drivers, the bus drivers will prostitute you, (laughs) they will own you, they will take you around in, in their vehicles so that you can always be available and accessible. When we think about that reality, it is quite clear that this is a global issue. It's existing everywhere in the world. It has different forms. There may not be these parties, Middle Eastern parties happening in the US with boys dressed up as girls and being raped into the end of the night. You may not have boys being abused and raped by bus drivers as is in movie. here. but in other ways it will exist. And that's the reality we need to accept. Our eyes have got to be open to the knowledge and the fact that any interaction that we have with another person, once they discover our vulnerabilities, because we all have vulnerabilities, that puts us in a position of potentially being exploited. Exploitation comes in many forms. Well, what about when we think about individuals who work long hours? Yes, they get paid for every hour that they work, but they don't get sufficient time off. They don't get holiday. Quite often in the legal field, I know of lawyers working 80 hour weeks. I know of lawyers who tell me that they're not going to take any vacation time for their first year in their new law firm. I don't understand that. You are entitled to, for example, 14 days vacation time a year, but they're not going to take it. In fact, I've heard that many lawyers will die at the age of 50 from a heart attack, from burnout, because they give and give and give and have lots of money and don't get to enjoy the fruit of their labor. That may not be trafficking, but rather it's exploitation. And your vulnerability, let's say in corporate law, would be that you want a promotion. You want a pay rise. You want to impress your manager. You want to ensure that you stay in that company for the long haul. And so you're willing to make sacrifices. These sacrifices are not illegal, but these sacrifices will have and do have harmful effects on you. Burnout. Often we have lawyers who have an alcohol problem not all but there are many who do because of the stress the responsibility and the burden of the work that they've taken on the fact that they don't have an opportunity to just close a textbook to take time away respite it's all about self-care because burnout is real i want to encourage you though to consider every interaction you have every person you come into contact with every relationship to consider is this person at risk of exploitation is this person vulnerable to human trafficking? And then I want you to flip it over and say, am I vulnerable to being exploited by that person? It's about having healthy boundaries. Far too often, we are not able to truly say no. We're not able to say, I don't want to, I'm not comfortable. Because we don't want to hurt the other person's feelings. And so we will compromise in many areas. And in doing so, that person has the greater advantage over us. So it's about being able to know when somebody is pushing things too far, when somebody is overstepping. It's about having that ability to say, no, I do not intend to. No, I am not going to. And it is a struggle. What about at work? The ability to, to say, no, I cannot do overtime. I need to go home and leave my wife and children. The thing is, if we're not careful, we will put ourselves in a position to be taken advantage of. And if a father in this movie can traffic his daughter, think about it on the other side. When your employer overworks you and doesn't pay your overtime, that is exploitation in its own way. Just because he's paying doesn't make it okay. It's about understanding and knowing your value. Many of us do not know our value. And even when we do, because of fear, we're unwilling to assert ourselves to protect the value that we have in our relationships with our family, the value we have and the need we have because of our value for self-care. And so those are just some things to consider. When you're in a relationship with any person, platonic or romantically, ask yourself, am I being exploited? Could I be exploited? Am I at risk of being trafficked? (laughs) It might seem far-fetched, but it really isn't because there are many a case and many an instance when it's the person closest to you who traffics you, your boyfriend, your spouse, your father, your mother, your siblings, your classmates, and remember, there are instances where people are trafficked and they go home every night. In fact, I know of a case of a woman who had a child and was married, her ex-boyfriend was pimping her out, her husband had no idea. It sounds fictitious, but it isn't. These are the realities of what goes on. Right in the West, outside of the United States, outside of Europe, these things are going on in every different shape and form. It's all about supply and demand. It's all about meeting that need. Think about the pornography industry. People may be in a strip club, trying to make a decent living, if we can call it that. From the strip club, they get enticed into movies. However, when they end up in these movies, they compromise and do things they're not comfortable with. Or maybe they started movies and end up in a strip club. From a strip club, they end up in prostitution, from prostitution to trafficking. It is all a vicious cycle. But we've got to understand, we've got to have knowledge, we've got to be educated, we've got to be on the alert. It's not about paranoia, but it's about having our eyes opened so that we can see what is going on around us and so that we can protect ourselves and others from ending up being caged. Thank you for listening to another episode of Can You Keep a Secret? I trust that the information has been useful to you. I believe that we all need knowledge and education, and when we have a better understanding of topics such as abuse, it enables us to better safeguard the children in our world. For a better understanding of the topics being covered each week, then please reach out to me for a copy of my new book, Can You Keep a Secret? You can follow me, message, or email me so that I can answer your questions in upcoming episodes. We can all learn from one another, and this is an educational series that I hope will impact and change not just your life, but also that of the people around you. You can find all my contact details on my website, changingcases.org. That's org. Remember to share this podcast with friends and family members. There are victims and survivors in your world you just don't know it. But if we can all be educated, then the world will be a safer place. Please tune in next week for another episode.